So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. And they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him accordance in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be, to be made new, somebody say new, in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, somebody say new, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Verse 25, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. In your anger, do not sin. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must no longer steal, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Verse 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. I want to teach and preach from this subject as we're in concluding our series today, Adjusting My Vision. I want to preach, he's adjusting my maturity. He's adjusting my maturity. Look at your neighbor, say, neighbor, it's time to grow up. That was the wrong neighbor. Look at the, your second favorite neighbor and say, second favorite neighbor. Uh-huh, y'all scared to say it. You ain't look at him first. <laughs> look at your second favorite neighbor and say, neighbor, it's time to grow up. Ladies and gentlemen, God wants us to grow. I believe that God wants us to see growth differently. Because when you talk about growth in church, most times 
people only see it as performing religious duties or carrying out religious obligations. We think that growth is satisfying some religious demand. So if I sing on the music ministry or if I'm a deacon or if I'm a preacher, then I must be growing. But the truth is that sometimes to perform those duties and demands can actually impede growth in God. Because you can serve, you can sing, you can greet, and not grow. Because what you have learned how to do, even while you sing and greet and whatever you do in church, what you have learned is behavior modification, but not true transformation. You can fake the funk for a minute. You can come in here and play the role and look like you got it all together and look like you love Jesus, look like you're so sweet. Look at some, just look at your neighbor. They look so sweet. Look at them real good. Don't they look so sweet? They smiling at you right now. Oh, but behind that smile is a killer. Mm-hmm. You crossed them the wrong way in the Hoka Mashiahs and thank you, Lord, is. Let me keep on going. The true goal of spiritual growth in God is the same as a parent and their child. When a mother has a baby, she knows that the birth does not mean it's over. It means it just got started. So when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, that was not the finale. That was just the beginning. I think that in church we have gotten confused because you think giving your life to Christ meant that was the end. Honey, that was just the beginning. In fact, God wanted me to let you know, when you gave your life to Christ, buckle up. Because that's when the road is really going to get rough and the going is really going to get tough. How many can say and believe that before I got saved, it seemed like everything was going well. But since I gave Jesus my life, seemed like all hell broke loose. That's why I came to let you know that being in Christ doesn't absolve you from issues and problems. But being in Christ means when problems come, I got somebody on my side that will hold me in the midnight hour and that will help me. God's goal for your life was not conversion, but it was faith. It was your adulthood in your faith. God's goal for your life was not just conversion, but it was your adulthood in your faith. To see you grow up and experience God on a consistent level. Uh huh. Not a faith that's circumstantial, but a faith that's consistent. Not a faith that is uncertain, but a faith that is definitive. Not a faith that is temporary, but a faith that is enduring, stable, and permanent. The writer puts like this, you got to be steadfast unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. See, once I gave Jesus my hand, I can't take it back. Uh-huh, because once I gave him my hand, I got to go with him all the way. And I need to know on the onset of this message, is there anybody in here that say, once I gave Jesus my life, I ain't turning around now. I'm going to stand right there with him in the midst of it. And if I were to define spiritual maturity, it's on the screen, I would define it like this. I would call it the ability to consistently look at and live life from the perspective of the spirit rather than the flesh. Spiritual maturity is the ability to consistently look at and live life from the perspective of the spirit rather than the flesh. Let me give you a good word for it. It's called Christ-likeness. It's being able to see as God sees and respond as God responds. It's when we partake of the character of Christ and have an intimate experience with God so that we can consistently live from the vantage point of the spirit and not the vantage point of the flesh. When I operate from the flesh, I walk in fear. 
When I operate in the flesh, I walk in brokenness. When I operate from the flesh, I walk in unforgiveness, lust, envy, jealousy, unsatisfaction, discontentment, and ungratefulness. But when I operate from the spirit, I have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When I see and live life from the spirit, even on my worst day, I still got to praise. You ain't with me. I said, when I see life, when I see and live life from the spirit, even on my worst day when all hell is coming against me I still gotta praise because I know at the end of the day God is still good y'all ain't with me I wish I had somebody in here that say when I live from the flesh it seemed like all hell is coming against me and won't nothing ever work out but when I look into the spirit I know that he that has begun a good work and me shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ is there anybody in here that say in 2020 I'm switching how I see this thing I can't no longer see it from the flesh but I got to see in the spirit I got to see what nobody else sees and spiritual maturity is not achieved just because you've been saved for a long time let me say that one more time spiritual maturity is not achieved just because you've been saved a long time maturity is not achieved because you come to church consistently oops Maturity is not achieved because you come to church consistently. Because you can consistently come and still be consistently mean. Mm -hmm. Maturity is achieved when you look at life from the vantage point of the spirit. Maturity in God says, my bank account might be laughing at me, but my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I just lost five of you right there. Maturity in God says, I still have pain in my body, but I refuse to walk around as a victim because by his stripes I am healed. Maturity in God says, I might not be on a job that I can't even stand, but I don't complain because I'll bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Why? Because he's adjusting how I see maturity. I need to take a pause for the cause and find out is there anybody in here this morning and say I'm living my life from the spirit. In the spirit I'm well. In the spirit I'm whole. In the spirit I'm delivered. In the spirit I'm more than a conqueror. In the spirit I'm an overcomer. In the spirit I need some spiritual people to throw your hands up open up your mouth and give God praise. Not because of what you see in the flesh but what you see in the spirit I need you to give your neighbor a high five and say I see in the spirit <laughs> look at him and prophesy on him in the spirit you already well in the spirit you already whole in the spirit you already came out in the spirit you already delivered in the spirit your house is already taken care of in the spirit you have more than enough I need to know is there anybody here this morning that could open up your mouth and give God glory for what you see in the spirit In fact, I would submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that you don't find out how mature you are in church. <laughs> you don't find out how mature you are in church. Your maturity will be measured or realized in the day-to-day -day realities of your life. <laughs> sure, you can be nice in here. But can you be nice even when the person in the store is not nice to you? She got your praise in before now. Sure, you can love everybody here. But can you love everybody in your family? Even after they hurt you. 
Honey, you ain't that mature. Stop it. Stop it. Sure, you can be patient in here. But can you be patient with the people on your job? It's getting tight right through here. Because true maturity is tested outside these walls, ladies and gentlemen. See what the, see, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. I'm struggling with this, and so I'm going to have to work this out real quick because I'm struggling with this. See, what you post on social media it shows you how mature you really are in God. I know you don't like that. It's all right. It's all right. Because the reality is um, I'm tired of people coming to church acting one way, but on social media, you got a whole nother life. Oh, and don't let us go over to one of those sites. You know, one of those sites. You know, one of those sites. You know, you got the Facebook where your family is on. You got the Instagram where you try to stunt, but you got that other one. Look at your neighbor say the other one where your alternative life comes out, where your alter ego is shown, where you don't let everybody see that part. See, you're dysfunctional over there because you're around other dysfunctional people and they tell you ain't nothing wrong with it because they'd rather you stay bound than for you to get free. But whom the sun sets free, be man, I don't care, is free indeed. I'm going to tell the truth anyhow. You sit here and, and play the part and fake the funk, but is there anybody here that say, the same way I'm in church, I want to be out there. The same way I'm here, I can to be on social media you better praise them before I think you're talking about you you better open your mouth before we think we talk about you alter egos I'm coming for you today don't worry I'm coming for you you shouted last Sunday you're gonna get talked this Sunday and what we read in Ephesians deals with what maturity really looks like Ephesians is broken into two parts. I've already talked about this. If chapters 1 through 3, it talks about what a Christian should believe. But chapters 4 through 6 deal how we should behave as a Christian. Now, what we, now where we are in chapter 4, we are dealing with the more practical side of the book of Ephesians. The first 16 verses in chapter 4 deals with the subject of spiritual maturity and the importance of how we as Christians should mature naturally as we grow as a Christian. But And what Paul lays out in God is that in God, God has given the body of Christ certain gifts such as teaching, preaching, pastoring, and evangelism for the purpose of helping us grow in maturity and to do the work of ministry. Because you need instruction and execution on how to be a Christian. Uh huh. You need instruction and execution on how to be a Christian. You can't learn how to be a Christian from social media. You can't learn how to be a Christian from Oprah. You can't learn how to be a Christian. You got to go to the world of God and somebody has to teach you what it means by the word of God of what it means to be a Christian and then you got to work it out in execution because now Paul lays out in chapter 4 1 through 16 that now what you learn you got to work it out in ministry uh huh you don't know how to keep your mouth closed until a saint cross you you don't learn how to be nice to people until saints are nasty to you because when you learn how to master it in here then you can master it out there real good the reason why some of you don't want to work in ministry is because you don't want the real you coming out of you but grab your neighbor by the hand shake it real good and say neighbor I hope the real you shows up after a while I hope who you really are comes out because God can't bless the imitation you he's got to bless the real you creating me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit I need the real me the only problem with spiritual growth the only problem with spiritual growth it is. It's not automatic. Yeah. 
Just because you got saved does not mean that you will automatically grow. In fact, you have the option to stay right where you are. And what Paul shows us in our text is that there are signs to show you that you're not growing. That's what our text was about. The signs to show you that you ain't growing. And In fact, Paul says, when you don't grow, you will fall back into your old habits. Let me say that one more time because some of y'all really need to get that. When you don't grow, you will fall back into your old habits. If you are repeating a season this morning, check if you're growing. I know you're not growing in the area of finances when you keep being broke over and over again, yet you're making more money. Look down your road. Say, that was for you. 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 Somebody mad. It's all right. Pick your lip up. You're going to get delivered today. You're repeating the season because you're not growing in that area. And God is trying to show us this morning that maybe the reason why some of the seasons keep happening over and over again is because you have refused to grow in that area. If you are struggling with something that you thought you had once conquered, check if you're really growing. Because when you stop growing, you will repeat what you thought you had already conquered. So Paul lays out, come on, let's go, seven signs that you are spiritually immature. Seven signs that you are spiritually immature. Immature. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's about to get rough. But I'm going to take it with you. I'm going to take it with you. I'm going to take it with you. It's about to get rough. Seven signs you are spiritually mature. Come on, let's go to number one. Number one, worldliness. Worldliness. It's going to get tight. Paul says in verse number 17, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. Whenever the Bible talks about Christians being worldly, it always encompasses two things. Here's what worldliness is. Number one, it's your beliefs and it's your behavior. We, you're worldly by your beliefs and your behavior. Worldliness is whenever you believe the things that the world believes, so you end up behaving the way the world behaves. Worldliness is being concerned with worldly affairs while neglecting spiritual things. Are y'all with me this morning? So you would rather burn sage than to pray. Just stinking up your whole house. You'd rather go to best bet than pay your tithes. It's getting tight. I'm not here to, to, to tickle your fancy. I'm here to tell you the truth. You'd rather be worldly. You would rather drink about your problem than to read your word and let, your, let the word process you through your problem. And the Bible says, be in the world, but not of the world. Watch this. In fact, worldliness is the exact opposite of godliness. So it means when you walk in worldliness, you can't be godly. You may have been nice, but you weren't godly. Because niceness does not equal godliness. Sometimes godliness means if I'm going to stay in the presence of God, I might have to end this relationship. And even though you might call it nasty, I'm trying to be godly. Because if I stay in this relationship, it's going to make me toxic and you toxic at the same time. That's godliness. Y'all getting real quiet right through here. Worldliness means that you never progress past learning the basics of your faith. 
and you are content at where you are. There is a satisfaction of being and having less than what God has for you. But when you want to mature, uh, how I was no longer satisfies my soul. Where I was with God will not work for me anymore. In fact, every day I get up, I want to go higher and deeper in God every single day. That's why grandma used to say, every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Because I'm not satisfied with what my relationship was last year. I need my relationship with God to be even more and greater this year. Is there anybody in here that have moved? past being immature and say God I want more of you every single day I get up out the bed I gotta seek your face at another level that's why soul cry was so powerful because there was a group of people who weren't satisfied with last year's soul cry but we needed something greater than what we had before I need somebody to throw your hands up and say I need more of God I can't have what I used to have I want more of him to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind uh, you got to have want more you got to have want more and when you don't want more you will end up being worldly here's number two number two futility in our thinking your immature shows in the futility of our thinking verse 17 says you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of your thinking I hope you're ready for this. It's going to be a little deep, so I need you to kind of stay with me. The word futility means vain or empty or worthless. What he's trying to say is, watch this, whatever we focus our thinking on, things like, watch this, work, jobs, careers, how much money we're going to make, our educational pursuit, and all these temporal things that really don't have any significance at all in the kingdom of God, Watch this. Now, ain't nothing wrong with all that. Get your money. Get your job. Get your education. But when that is the sole focus of your purpose, uh, rather than dominating and saturating our minds with the thoughts and the things of the kingdom, now we start living in the world, and it becomes futility in our thinking. See, some of you only came to church because you're trying to catch. Put it like this. Touch your neighbor. Say, neighbor, where your mind at? Yeah, because some of you can't even sit through a little sermon. You get so distracted because your mind is so empty that it got to be filled up with something. But is there anybody here that say, fill up my mind, God, with the word? I need to be overflowing with the word. I need the word to come out of me. I don't need no help. Hold it. Uh-uh. I need them to hear me because I need y'all to hear me as well. I need my mind to be so filled up with the word of God that I can't get confused and bamboozled when the enemy starts whispering in my ear. The reason why the enemy has so much, uh, so much space to fill up your mind mind is because you ain't got no word on the inside of you so anytime the word comes you get distracted you can't think straight and God is saying you got to bring in that mind so I can fill it up so that when trials come you know how to call up the word of God and say no weapon that's formed against me shall be able to prosper I got to get so filled up in my mind that when it seems like the sickness is getting worse I can say by his stripes I am healed I got to get so filled up with his word that when it looked like it ain't working out I can declare that all things gonna work together for my good you got to learn how to talk to yourself but where's your mind at where your mind at the futility in your thinking you cute 
Ain't nothing in their head. Pretty rapping, empty package. And this is why the enemy can come in so easily and fill it up. Because you, you ain't got no utility in your thinking. You got your money, and you still crying yourself asleep at night. You got a promotion, still ain't satisfied. Because <laughs> watch this. The dissatisfaction of our lives is not what we live, but it's what we think. Let me say that one more time because somebody need to hear that. I was done with this sermon. He told me to write this. The dissatisfaction of our lives is not what we live. It's what we think. Let me prove it to you. Because there was times that you had less and you were more happier. Okay. Uh, Annette, I remember my first little apartment. It was right around the corner from here. It was on Atlanta Boulevard. I remember it was $525 a month. It was a one-bedroom. It was 960 square feet. I loved that apartment. I ain't had no furniture, but I loved that apartment. I would get in the living room, and I'd make, I would make uh, angels in the, in the, in the carpet because it was mine. It was my place. It was mine. I was happy as can be. Now that I got a couple more zeros behind what I used to make, now all of a sudden I ain't satisfied with nothing. God gave me furniture. I don't like this. I'm ready to change all this. You change your bathroom decor every three months because you ain't never satisfied. But you have to remember when you ain't have a partner. Okay, don't make me go there. You got to remember where the Lord brought you from. Now you are dissatisfied with the car you got. But you don't remember the days when you was catching a bus or had to catch a ride and people was leaving you stranded and here you are sitting in church and can't even give God glory and give God the praise. Get your mind right. I need somebody in here to throw your hands up and tell God thank you for where you brought me from. Thank you for how good you've been. I'm going to remember what you did for me. Number three. He says you're immature when you're darkened in your understanding. When you are darkened in your understanding. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of their ignorance is what the scripture says. He says they are darkened in their understanding. Because of their ignorance that's in them. It means that you've been saved for a long time. But watch this. I say this in love. But you're still ignorant to the most basic theological truths. And the basic ideas of the Bible. It's dark because truth brings light. Your understanding is dark because truth brings light. Watch this. Hope you can handle this. The reason why negativity spews so easily out of us. Because we ain't got no light on the inside of us. Because you can only put out what's in you. But it's when you get the truth of God, it lights you up. That now, watch this, no matter how bad it looks, there's still a joy down on the inside of me. Because there's a light in there. See, the reason why we are so, and then I'm going to talk to you. I've just decided that in 2020, I am very easily uh, swayed to be negative. Because I'm a feely person. That all it takes is one good encounter with a negative person and my whole mood will switch. And what I tell myself is it didn't. Right? Because I swear I'm so strong. Like you swear you're so strong. Uh-huh. Like you said, so, okay, let me, go, let me go here. Some of you don't even realize the argument you had with your spouse is because you got something off of somebody else that was during your day. And you brought that home with you. You brought that darkness with you. And it wasn't even them. They ain't been taking out the trash for a long time. There ain't nothing new. Touch your neighbor. Say, there ain't nothing new. 
But why did it stress you out that bad? Because there's a darkening of your understanding. There's no light on. I dare you to touch three people around you and say, turn the light on, turn the light on, turn the light on. Let God light it up one good time in your life. Let God let you see what's really going on. Uh, I don't know which way to go. Turn the light on. I don't know which decision to make. Turn the light on. Because when you turn the light on, God says, I'll shine the light from heaven on your soul. And what you couldn't see, you couldn't see anymore. You know what I like about the light of God? The light of God will show you a demon coming. The light of God will give you discernment that before the demon even get there, I see that booger right there. Uh, not today, say not today. I need somebody to throw your hands up and say not today, say not today. Because the light is on. Number four, number four, having a hard heart. You're immature when you have a hard heart. Because of the ignorance, verse number 18, because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. This word hardening is the Greek word where we get our word, watch this, it's going to bless you real good, osteoporosis. Or hardness. And it has the idea of, of hard as a rock. It means your heart is hard as a rock. This is referring to someone whose heart is so hard that no truth can penetrate, penetrate through. Have you ever met anybody that no matter what you tell them, I just don't see it like that. I just don't see it like that. I, okay. You know they ain't no good. I just don't see that. You know, my mama used to tell me that a hard head. Because see, here's the problem. Your heart is so hard. That truth can't even come in no more. Watch this. Anytime I what people tell you, when God trying to tell you something, your heart is so hard that he can't even get you to the place where he wants to get you. Because you got a hard heart. Uh-huh. The only problem is, if you're a Christian, watch this. You don't have the right to say anymore, but it's just who, who I am. This is just how I am. This is how I'm going to be. Do you know as a Christian you don't have the right to say that? Watch this. Because when Jesus is Lord of your life, somebody say Lord. Now, Savior means he just saved your soul. But Lord means that he gets to call the shots in your life. Not just lead you, but he has the power to change you. But because when you decide that God can't change you, you are denying the very power of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. And his sole purpose is not to make you shout. The Holy Ghost is not to make you shout. The Holy Ghost is not to make you dance. The Holy Ghost is not to make you speak in tongues. The Holy Ghost is not even there to make you feel good. But the Holy Spirit job, watch this, is to make you look more like Jesus. So whatever you say, whenever you say that that's, that's just who I am and I'm not going to change, you're demonstrating that you have a hard heart, which is a signal and a sign of spiritual immaturity. Is there anybody in here that say, yes, I came to church, but I need God to work on my heart. Yes, I'm here and I look like I got it all together. I got a few dollars in the bank. Everything seemed to be going well. But beside all that, I need God to work on my heart. I need somebody in here to throw your hands up. Come on, follow the leader. I need you to throw your hands up. And say, Lord, work on my heart till I can love people I can't stand. Work on my heart until I can tell you yes when I don't feel like it. Work on my heart where I can, where I can do what you call me to do, even with fear in my mind. Ah, God, work on my heart because I can't keep living the way that I've been living. One of the hardest things, Donate, that I'm realizing as a pastor that is so difficult. Let me just let you into the life of a pastor real quick. One of the hardest things as a pastor 
is counseling people that you know got a hard heart. Because you know they ain't hearing nothing you saying. Because even while you talking, they already got an excuse for everything you just said. And then sometimes in the middle of my counseling, excuse me, at the beginning of my counseling, excuse me, before they even walk in, <laughs> that I literally want to say, just going on home. Because you don't want to hear what I got to say. Watch this. Worry about what I say. What the word say. Here's, here's the word. Now, do we believe this or not? Because let, let me tell you something. I know some of y'all, you know, you, have, you, you, you got a, a hood PhD in psychology, and so you counsel all your friends. Oh, you in here. You got your PhD in hoodology, psychology. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we could say, you right, you right. You counsel all your friends. I'm learning. I don't have enough time left on the clock to be wasting on people that are not open and receptive to what God is trying to show them. I just can't have that kind of time no more. And he says, I know you're spiritually mature when your heart is hard. When your heart is hard. Can't nobody tell you nothing. Here's number five. Come on, let's go. You lose sensitivity towards sin. You are immature when you lose sensitivity towards sin. I'm in the scripture, verse number 19, having lost all sensitivity. When certain things, certain activities, certain habits, certain behaviors that used to that you used to feel conviction about, now you do it and you don't even feel bad about it anymore. Used to do it and had to go take a shower. Now it's like, whatever. All the children out of here, I could talk like I want to talk right through here. You don't lost all sensitivity to sin. Used to bother you to treat people like that. Now you don't care. Used to bother you. But now you're at a place that you have lost all sensitivity. And the voice of God, who used to be loud, now is very quiet or even muted. Did you know you could put God on mute? I mean, He could be telling you, you know that's wrong. And He can put you on mute. You could put Him on mute. Because now you've lost all sensitivity. Because, watch this, you could be so in it that now it don't even bother you. Watch this, and you could be so crafty that now you start making excuses for it and try to use the word of God to justify it. Well, you know it's, it's an herb, it's from the earth. Come here, you weed smoker, I'm talking to you. It makes us feel better in our soul. Mm -hmm. Even Jesus drunk a little bit. Ain't nothing wrong with it. No, it's something wrong when it leads you to a place of sin and now you you sitting there and got to go to God and get it together because if you can't do it without sinning, you don't need to do it at all. Just gonna watch a movie. I think I'm talking right over here. And now you don't feel any conviction about it. Now I don't even bother you no more. And God is saying, I want my voice to be amplified in your spirit to the place you can hear me. 
Because let me tell you what the Lord has started doing. When you really get sensitive to his presence and not to sin, watch this. The smallest things will keep you up at night. You ever been aggravated so bad that God kept you up all night long? And then the next morning, you calling them, talking about, listen, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And they're looking at you like, child, I ain't even take it like that. But listen, see, what you need to say is the God that I serve is going to check me for everything that I do. And I'm so grateful that I got a God that checks me and makes me come back and get it together. Now, you may not have seen it as a problem, but God is working on my mouth. And since he's working on my mouth, I just can't say anything that I want to say because God is trying to do something in me. Is there anybody in here that say, God, work on me? until you change me. Work on me until I got to go apologize. Work on me until I repent about it. I want to feel your presence like that. You just want goose pimples in church. Goose pimples don't change you. It's when you got to wrestle with that thing. When you lay up all night long. Watch this. You say, I don't know why I can't sleep. Yes, you do. Dig a little bit deeper. Because it could be that the Holy Ghost is aggravating you. You know, you need to get that right. You know you need to get that right. You know you didn't do that right. You know, the, you know you need to watch your words. You know you walk right past me and speak. And then you see them the next Sunday. You need to run to them. Hey, listen. I walked right past you last Sunday. I didn't mean it. And they be looking at you like, what's wrong? Listen, the Holy Ghost will work on you like that until you got to get yourself together. Don't you lose your sensitivity of sin. Come on, let's go to the next one. Here we go. Giving ourselves over to sensuality. This is how you know you are immature. Giving ourselves over to sensuality. Verse number 19 says, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. It means you have reached a place that you are not even going to try anymore to be victorious over a particular temptation. You're not even going to try anymore. I'm just going to give myself over to it. Here's what you say. God know my heart. Yeah, he do. And he's trying to change it. It's when, watch this. This is what the Lord told me. I hope you can receive this. This is about for seven of y'all in here. It's when you allow being tired to cause you not to triumph. Some of you that hit your spirit real hard. Watch this. Okay. Let me talk to my single people just for a minute. All the single people just wave at me. All the single people just wave at me. Um. Um, help me, Holy Ghost. <laughs> when it's been a long time. somebody that's going to feel me, what I'm saying. When it's been a long time, I ain't talking about y'all that just got some last night. I'm talking about the people that, I'm talking about the people, long time. You don't like me. It's all right. When it's been a long time, there are moments where you will try to convince yourself. It's all right. I need to be tied over. Am I talking to anybody in here this morning? 
And you can get to a place where you start giving yourself over to it. That what was once a habit now becomes a lifestyle. That once was every now and then now becomes every. Because I have given myself over to sensuality because I refuse to grow in this area. When we make up in our minds that we're going to live in sin and we don't care what the results are. We don't care what the consequences are. I came for everybody in here that says, I'm struggling with this, but I'm making it up in my mind. Here it is, one word. I need you to holler this back at me. Fight. You got to fight. The Bible says, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You got to fight. You got to fight every single day. You got to fight with tears in your eyes. You got to fight when your flesh is on fire. You got to fight when you want to do what you want to do. Is there anybody in here that say, in 2020, I'm not going to miss my destiny. I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight everything the enemy sends my way. I'm going to fight every thought that pops in my mind. I need some fighters in this house that can lift up your hands and say, I'm getting ready to fight like I've never fought before because I want to please God with my life. I want to please him with my worship. I want to please him with my service. I need somebody to holler fight! You gotta fight. Didn't nobody tell you this is going to be easy? You gotta fight. Watch this. Thank you Holy Ghost. Watch this. Because if you don't fight for God, eventually, you'll get so deep into it, you'll start fighting for the sin. Come here. Come here. If you don't learn how to fight your own flesh, you can get so deep that you start fighting to stay in the sin. This is why the breakup was so hard for some people. Because you knew it wasn't godly. But you're so deep now. Watch this, and now you fight for it. So you're going in a six-month depression over a fool that was never ordained for your life in the first place. The depression is the fight to be it, to stay in it, honey. You don't see that? You don't see that? You don't see that? Grab your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor. Uh -huh, I need you to see this. I need you to see this. Yeah, I need you to see this. Because sometimes you can get so deep into it that you start fighting for what you really want. And God is saying, I need you to switch the fight. I need you to fight against hell. I need you to fight against the enemy. I need you to fight against the devil. Stop fighting your spouse and fight the enemy that's in your house. Stop fighting your children and fight the devil that's trying to come after them. You got to fight with everything that comes after you. There's no temptation that God has not given you the ability to overcome because he'll give you a way of escape right in the midst of the temptation you got to fight somebody holler fight and stop asking people to pray for what you won't fight for stop it why am I going to pray and you ain't going to fight? If I'm going to pray, you better fight. I need you to grab somebody by the hand and say, I'm getting ready to fight. I'm getting ready to go after everything that God got for me. I'm getting ready to fight for what God says is mine. April, they mad. When I tell you they mad right now, Number seven, 
Number seven, he says greedy. You know you're spiritually immature when you're greedy. Verse number 19, I'm in, this, I'm in the text. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality as to indulge in every kind of impurity. And they are full of greed. Greediness is a sign of not being content with the things that we have been given. Do you know greediness is a sign of ungratefulness? One of the things that drives you crazy about your children is that even after you feed them and you know they're full, they still want to eat. Can I tell you why it's getting on your nerves? It's getting on your nerves because they eat as if they don't understand what it took to get that food on their plate. And it is aggravating you because you are the one paying the price for it. And they sit there and casually, watch this, and you know they ain't hungry because if you pulled out some broccoli, I don't want that. I'm sorry. I was raised old school. I was raised old school. I know y'all fix y'all children whatever they ask for. They could just call up a menu. You serve it. I get it. I come from the old school where my mother, we would put, she put the food down. And, she, and if I sat there, my mother looked right at me. She said, you ain't hungry? You don't want that? I don't want that. She would take it and say, good night. Because my mother, in her mind, you don't know the insults I had to endure to make this money to put that food on the plate. You don't know how tired I was to get up out the bed and provide for you. You don't know how hard it was for me to put that on your plate. And you got the nerve to sit in my face and act like you don't want it? Well, what you think God's saying to you? God is saying, you don't know what I had to go through in order to bless you. You don't know the sins I had to look over to bless you in spite of yourself. You don't know the mercy I had to extend to you. And you sitting there and can't praise me and can't glorify me? Open up your mouth and give me the glory that is due my name. I need everybody in here for the next five seconds. Open up your mouth and give God glory for what he's done. Open up your mouth and bless him. Open up your mouth and give him the glory. It's time to grow up. Time to grow up. It's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. So I said, God, what are, you, what are you trying to say? You gave me the signs of immaturity. He said, All right, come on, let's go. He said, I want to give you three areas that I'm trying to mature you in in 2020. Three areas that I'm trying to mature you in in 2020. There's three places that I'm trying to mature you in. In 2020. Three areas. Are y'all ready? All right, I hope you're ready. All right. This might not feel good. This might not feel good. There are three areas I'm trying to grow you. I have to forewarn you this has nothing to do with your money, this has nothing to do with your increase and overflow. Because you can get all that and still miss it three areas I'm trying to grow you in. Three areas that I need you to grow in. All right? Um, first area that I'm trying to get you to grow in. Um, Monica, I need you to come all the way over here. 
Watch this. Because it's the first level, I need you to stay right here on the floor. So the next person going to get on their first step. But the first place I need you to go is, I'm trying to grow you. Come on, let's go. And how you act. I'm trying to grow you and how you act. I'm in the text, verse 25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. Um, now, when I say act, don't get it confused. Because I need you to see, see this from a different way. Um, he said, I need you to put off falsehood. Everybody say falsehood. Watch this. He says, the way you're going to mature in how you act is all tied into one word, integrity. Integrity. It has nothing to do with your, you know, your coworker getting on your nerves. It has nothing to do with what's your pet peeves. Because I think you've made your faith too much about you. And God is trying to get you out of you. He's trying to get you to see something bigger than just you. Um, the reason why you are so consumed and overwhelmed, I'm speaking about five of y'all in here, is because you are so consumed with you that God can't get you to see nothing beyond you. So the first place he's trying to get you is an area of how you act. Here we go. He wants to grow you in your integrity. The Greek word is going to bless you. It blessed me. For falsehood right there in the text actually is the word pseudo. It's where we get the term pseudonym. Now, if you don't know what a pseudonym is, it's when somebody writes a book under a fictitious name. In other words, I'm not going to give you my real name. I'm going to give you who I want you to think I am. He says to put off the falsehood. He says put off your fake name. God is trying to get you to act. Watch this. Here we go. I hope you can handle this. He's trying to get you to act. He's trying to deliver you from having to be phony. Now, I know everybody is phony except for you. But he's trying to deliver you from being phony. What do you mean by that? God wants to free you from have, feeling like you have to exaggerate your life in order for you to be happy with your life. Now, this is where the rubber meets the road. Because what if I told some of you, you need to come off of social media for 30 days? Because he's trying to deliver you from the fakeness of who you created. That ain't even you. It's the image that you got to portray to people because you think that's the only way they're going to like you. Oh, I'm sorry. You're not a people pleaser. It's the only way you're going to like yourself. Because your likes are tied to your self-esteem. Help me, Lord. They're checking out. They don't want to hear this word. Touch your neighbor and say, you better wake up in here. Yeah, yeah, you better wake up. He's trying to, here we go, deliver you from the life you thought you wanted. Because if he don't deliver you from the phoniness, you're going to act a certain way that don't bring him glory. Will the real you please stand up? He, he's, he's trying to get you from falsehood. He's trying to get you to be integrous. He's trying to get you to stop saying, I'm going to call you back and you know you're not. <laughs> 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 he's
He's trying to get you from saying, I'm five minutes away, and you're really not five minutes away. Because the only reason why you're telling us that you're five minutes away is because you don't want us to believe that you are really that late. Watch this. And the reason why you got to put on the face is because your insignificance is affecting your integrity. I feel deliverance in the room. Now you got to put on this face. Now you got to impress people that don't like you. And you're killing yourself. And you have to act a certain way. Now, when I talk about acting and I talk about integrity, what we interpret that as, well, when I come to church and I don't feel good, then I'm just, yeah, everybody needs to be out my way because I'm going to be real. <laughs> Let me get your mind right. Maybe the reason God is revealing that to you is because that's what your prayer needs to be directed to. Help me. Maybe the reason your prayers are always about, Lord, bless me, should be, Lord, help me with my attitude. Because how long are you going to expect for everybody to move out your way because you're in a bad mood? God is trying to take you somewhere, but he can't take you there and bless you in that area and elevate you and bring you to the rightful place that you're supposed to be if you're that temperamental. I don't know how you act. Am I helping anybody? Y'all getting real quiet. He's trying, to, he's trying to mature you in how you act. He wants you to be nice and really do mean it. He wants you to be kind and there'll be nothing attached to it, the kindness. Because, you know, sometimes we're kind as a quid pro quo. I'm nice because I want you to do something for me after a while. And, it, and this is how you know. This is how you know it's a quid pro quo. Because if you don't do when I want you to do, then I cut you off. I sever relationships because I really wasn't into you in the first place. I just wanted what you had. But when you didn't give me what I wanted that I knew that you had, now I cut you off. I'm not talking about unsaved people. I'm talking about saved. You sanctified people. You sitting right here. That person in your seat. Mm -hmm. So I'll, let you, I'll leave you alone because you didn't do what I wanted you to do. God is trying to show you. I'm trying to deliver you. I'm trying to mature you in how you act. trying to mature you. This is number two. Now, now this is the next level, because once you got to act together, now he's trying to mature you in how you react. Because I can't get you to react right if you first don't know how to act right. So now I'm trying to, trying to mature you in how you react. You always got something to say? You know, what I don't understand sometimes, let me read the scripture because you don't think I'm preaching anything else. In verse number 26, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Verse number 26, and do not give the devil a foothold. That has everything to do in how you react. Uh-huh. He doesn't say, watch this, that you shouldn't get angry. But he says, whenever you get angry, do not sin in the midst of your anger. 
Now, I need, to, I need to lay this out a little deeper because I think this is where we get messed up. Because when, when the Bible talks about anger, we think of one anger. So the first anger we always think about is aggressive anger. You know, you cuss people out, you're going off, you're in the parking lot, you snatching hair, you, you know, you know, you know, you go on their job, you know, you know that kind of anger. You ready to throw them bowls, you know what I'm saying? You ready, you ready, you ready to set it off, you ready, you know, you, you go off. And there's some of you in here that have that kind of anger. You have explosive anger. It explodes in front of you. It, it just, it, and, and, and you're the ticking time bomb. You're the type of person that you only take so much. And then after a while, after you go past that little line, then all of a sudden we meet somebody else, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. We don't know, you know, what's going on. And so we, you got that aggressive anger. And that's about 30% of y'all in here. Let me talk to y'all at 70%. Because you got a different kind of anger. You got a different kind of anger. You got passive aggressive anger. Now you 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 ain't you ain't finna be cussing people out in the parking lot. You ain't finna be going to nobody's job. You you ain't gonna be putting people on blast on social media and tag their name in it. You ain't you ain't gonna do all that. You you ain't you ain't gonna do all that. That's not what you do. You you passive aggressive anger. Uh, you you're the one that watch this, you shut people out or you give people a cold shoulder. Watch this. Or you have perfected uh -huh, the silent treatment. What's wrong? Nothing. He trying to touch your neighbor and say, he's trying to deliver you. He's trying to deliver you. He's trying to deliver you. Yeah. You got, you got quiet anger. Can I go deeper just for a minute? I'm going to move on. Most times, most times when you deal with men, believe it or not, men are not necessarily in this day and time this explosive anger. Most men have passive aggressive anger. We've learned how to be silent, silently mad. We've learned how to walk around the whole house. Oh, let me bless you real good. And we'll still send you flowers on, on, on Valentine's Day. <laughs> and be angry with you. It's getting tight all up in here. Because just because I sent you flowers don't mean I ain't check out. <laughs> Some of them looking at me like, yes, honey. It don't, it don't mean, that don't mean anything. That don't mean anything. Because I sent you flowers. It don't mean anything. Mm -hmm. Can I go deeper? I can make love to you and still be angry. Why do women don't like this message right through here? Y'all don't like this? Am I talking to any, any men in here know what I'm talking about? Can y'all just back me up for a minute and say, you know you're telling the truth. Okay. He is trying to get you to a place where he matures you and how you react. Can I ask you something? Why is it every time you think something is said about you, you got something to say? You are almost like a puppet. And somebody else is pulling the strings. Because he's trying to mature you in how you react. Instead, Paul says, watch this. 
uh, he says that we are Christians and should be peacemakers. Somebody say peacemakers. Peacemakers, peacemakers in the relationship. So whenever things are not going well, we should be the ones to initiate peace and to, be, and to initiate conversation. To initiate peace and to initiate conversation. Can I ask you something? Do you want to be right or do you want to be reconciled? Because too many people want to be right, but you don't want, really want reconciliation. If you're writing notes, write this down. No walking in offense in 2020. Your future is too big for you to walk around offended. Offense shuts you down and you can't move forward. Notice that Paul gives us a time frame in which to handle the offense. He says... Don't let the sun go down. He doesn't just say, uh, do whatever you want to do. He says, don't let the sun go down on your anger, which basically is saying, do it immediately. Stop waiting. Do it immediately. You initiate the peace. You initiate the conversation. Do it quickly because whenever you don't, watch this, the text says you are giving the devil a foothold or an opportunity to creep into your relationship. You ready for this? This is real deep. I hope you can handle what I'm getting ready to say. Whenever you and someone else are not speaking to each other, the devil is speaking to both of you. That's the problem. Because now you have interpreted everything in a negative way because the enemy been talking to you the whole time. You see how they walk past me? You see, I didn't say nothing. You just gonna ignore me like that? Maybe they didn't see you. Because when you and that person are not speaking, the devil is talking to the both. I'm trying to help somebody marriage this morning. I'm trying to help somebody relationship. You need to be the one to initiate. It's all he's trying to mature you and how you react. Can I tell you something? Because some of you, God has, has given you an anointing for entrepreneurship, and you don't have the time to react out of your flesh. You can only react out of your business principles that God has given you. You don't have time to walk around here and be upset and be angry and be mad at the world. Honey, you got too much to do. You got so much that God is trying to prepare you for. He said, I'm trying to mature you in how you react. You go on that third step. You got it. Y'all in these shoes, praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Now, this is the third level. He's trying to mature you in number one in how you what? Number two in what? Here's number three in how you interact. He's trying to mature you in how you interact. Verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as God Christ forgave you. Unwholesome talk. He's trying to mature you in how you interact. Now watch this. I can go in a lot of different directions with this interaction, but the Lord showed me one way. He showed me one thing that you need to watch that he's trying to mature you in. I hope you're ready for this. It's only for mature people. I understand. If you ain't got this together, you ain't got this together, you sure won't get this together and you won't receive what I'm getting ready to say. You know where he's trying to mature you from? A critical spirit. 
I'm going to talk about you. Because I can't talk about you. Because when you send me emails, some I, I, you was talking about me on Sunday. It's not talking about you. Okay? You do not be on my mind when I'm preparing a sermon. And if you are, I come and tell you. Most times why I don't like people, it is, it's because I found a way to criticize them. And you can't, criti- you can't like what you criticize. found a way to criticize them. Most times, my critical spirit is is my way of manifesting my insecurities. Because if I'm insecure and you possess what I like or what I want and I can't handle it because I feel like I should be a willing vessel and not you, then I got to figure out a way to be critical of your life in order to justify why I feel the way that I feel. So now I've deflected from me being insecure to now you got the problem. Man, let's get out of conversation. I ain't say nothing to him. So I see him and I... As if me withholding a hello is hurting them. As me not speaking to them is hurting them. And what you don't see is that, watch this, it ain't them that's supposed to bless you. It's the person that's watching the both of you that's supposed to bless you. So while you're not speaking to the coworker, the boss watching both of y'all. And you acting like you're doing something to somebody. <laughs> Grab your neighbor by the hand and say, uh, neighbor, we need to get delivered from a critical spirit. Yeah, get your mouth off of people. Stop talking about people. You have no, I don't have an opinion. Well, what you think about that? I don't have an opinion about that. I don't know, honey. I'm not in that situation. I'm not going through what they're going through, so I have nothing to say about it. Uh Uh-huh, I'm not offering what I got to say. Why? Because I need to watch how I interact because the more I talk about them, changes how I interact with them, and they might be the very person that has my blessing. Be careful of who you talk about because a person right next to you could have your miracle in their hand. Be careful who you dog because a person you dog is the very person that can bless your life. I want you to grab your neighbor by the hand, shake it real good, and tell him I speak life over you. I speak prosperity over you. I speak greatness over you. I believe that you're the head and not the tail. I believe you're the above and not beneath. I ain't got nothing negative to say about you. You get a car, I'm gonna shout. You get a promotion, I'm gonna dance. Because I ain't got time to be talking about you. I'm watching how I interact. said you gotta watch how you interact because your critical spirit number two and I'm done the last line forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you how are you going to interact you're interacting through a one word forgiveness forgiveness I have to extend forgiveness like Christ forgave me that's how I'm going to interact with you forgiveness forgiveness don't mean I'm a fool what you did but you mm-mm. you're not God's call for my life and that's okay I ain't got to be hateful towards you I ain't got to put subliminal uh, message on social media about you I can forgive you 
Can I say something? 2020, watch these people that want to come to you after you have professed your forgiveness to test that forgiveness. That always want to bring up what happened. Well, always want to bring up their name. Child, did you see so-and-so? Because they want to see, is your forgiveness real? I ain't got time to talk about so-and-so. God bless them. I wish them the best. Hallelujah. They got blessed. Praise God. They left me, got them somebody. God bless them. Hallelujah. Glory. Bless you. In Jesus' name. Because I know what you got. And you better be anointed to handle what you just got. God, I wish I had somebody right there. God bless you. I'm forgiving. I don't have time to be, watch this, because when I don't forgive, I become bitter. And bitterness is not a part of the package of where God has taken me. Bitterness will cloud you of what God wants to do in your life. God is saying you got to walk in forgiveness. That's how you interact. No more critical spirit. He's maturing you in 2020 and how you act and how you react and how you interact. I don't know who this message was for this morning. Hey, everybody. God is trying to mature you in how you act, how you react, and how you interact. I love you. Stop raising all that hair. Stop. One day you're going to look back and realize you live less than what God called you to live. They hurt you, process through it. Pray, get the word, go to therapy if you need to, but get back on your post. The only person you're going to be angry with in 5, 10, 20 years is you. He's maturing you. He's maturing you to the place where you learn how to keep your praise in the midst of being hurt. He's maturing you to the place where you learn how to keep your worship even when you don't like how the circumstances are working out. God wants to mature you on today. If I'm talking to you, thank y'all. Y'all can just put that to the side. Thank y'all. wants to mature you today. This message was for you. You know I was talking to you. Get up out your seat right now and stand where you are. I want to pray with you. I want you to lift your hands before the Lord. wasted so much time in our immaturity. So God, we repent right now for every season you sent to mature us and we fought the maturity. God, we thank you right now that this word was not something that we danced and shouted and fell out over, but we needed to hear this on today. God, I decree and declare in 2020 we are growing up. God, I pray as the pastor of this church, a level of maturity in this house and how we act.
how we react and in how we interact. May it start in this church and may it spread to our homes. May it move from our homes and it goes to our jobs. May it move from that place and go to our families. We pray for maturity now, God. We pray for a wisdom now, God. We pray that we will not be so easily moved by emotions. We pray that we will not be so easily moved by what we feel. But God, we're stepping over into the spirit now. And we're seeing it from how you see it, God. We surrender now, God. We surrender our will. We surrender our way. And we tell you yes. I want everybody in here for the next 10 seconds. I don't need you to say anything else but tell God yes. Yes, God. I tell you yes. Yes. And as you tell him yes, he's showing you areas that he wants to mature you in. Come on. He's showing you areas that he wants you to mature in. Tell him yes. 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 No longer walking into my job and not speaking to anybody. I'm telling you yes. No more walking around angry at the world. I'm telling you yes. No more being immature with my family, with my friends. I'm telling you yes. No more bitterness in my heart. I'm telling you yes. No unforgiveness in my spirit. I'm telling you yes, God. My answer to you is yes. My future is so big, I got to tell you yes. The greatness you have prepared for me is so big that I got to tell you yes. Because a yes now is for the promise later. So I'll extend my my hands to you and I throw my head back and I tell you yes yes to your will yes to your way yes to what you want me to do yes God yes to me keeping my mouth closed yes to me opening my mouth at the right time yes 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 to getting my mind in order to the things of God yes to filling up my head with your word and not with my emotions I tell you yes God yes 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 I need this church in here to open up your mouth and tell God yes it to be so. And we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. If you're growing in 2020, give God the best praise you can. Come on. Come on. If you're growing in 2020. If you're growing in 2020. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I thank you for that word on today. Last time, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you don't know Jesus for yourself, if you're unsure of your salvation, if you've never confessed the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, my brother, my sister, wherever you are, I've come to get you on today. You need to surrender your heart to the Lord. He don't care where you came from. He don't care what you're struggling with. He don't care what you're dealing with. He wants you on today jacked up, messed up you, you that's making it have issues and problems and concerns, he wants you on today. So my brother, my sister, if I'm talking to you and you have not surrendered your heart to the Lord or you're unsure of your salvation, I'm going to count to three. I want you to lift your hand saying, Pastor, is me. I want to give Jesus my heart. Secondly, if you're looking for a church home, there's no greater place than right here at Freedom, a place you can mature and grow in God. He's calling you. He's ready for you to make a commitment. He wants you to be planted in the house of God. He said, if you be planted, I'll bless you. I'll flourish you there. So if I'm talking to you, I'm going to count to three. I want you to lift your hand saying, Pastor, I want, to, I want to join this church. Or I want to surrender my heart to the Lord. But either, the, either of those categories, nobody's looking at you. This is between you and God. I'm going to count to three. I want you to lift your hand saying, it's me, Pastor. I'm ready to join this church. I'm ready to give my heart to the Lord. One, God loves you. 
Two, this is your time. This is your season. Don't leave here the same way that you came. Come on, if I'm talking to you. Here we go. One, two, and three. Lift up your hand if I'm talking to you. I see your hand. Is there another? Come on. Come on. If I'm talking to you, lift up your hand. This is your time. This is your season. This is your moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, if you lifted your hand, can you just come to the altar? I just want to pray with you real quick. Come on. That's it. That's it. Come on. If there's another one, you can start walking right now as well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Can you stretch your hands this way? Father, we thank you for my sister that is making this declaration on today, God. I pray right now that you cover her. God, that everything that's been held back be released in her life now, God. I thank you now for your hedge of protection on over her life. Thank you for this new season you have ushered her into, God. She's been through trials. She's been through tribulation. But, God, you brought her through. And now that she is here, the devil is defeated. God, I thank you for what you're doing in her life, God. Take her to the next level in you, God. And I thank you for the call on her life. In Jesus' great name we pray. Let everybody say amen. Can we celebrate my sister? Come on, can we celebrate my sister? Come on, we can do better than that. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to his name. Hallelujah. You can be seated in the presence as we get ready to give at this time. As we get ready to give at this time. Hallelujah. As we get ready to give on this at this time. Let's give on today. of heaven and pour you out a blessing you don't have room enough to receive. I believe we're ushering ourselves, God is ushering us into a season of overflow. I have told you before and I'm going to tell you again that this year is getting ready to be the greatest year of your life financially. I wish somebody would receive that on this morning. Some of y'all need to hear this. You're too gifted to be that broke. You're too gifted to be that broke a place of stagnation where you're not even trying and pursuing anything other than what you've already done. You're trying to stay safe. And God is saying, take the risk and trust me in what I'm getting ready to do. Doesn't always mean you got to go start a business. Sometimes God needs to reposition you. There's something else that he has for you to do. There's some other place that he wants you to be. And so you need to follow the ear, the, the voice of the Lord. Your ear needs to be attuned to his voice for his leading in this season. God is going to do something amazing in your life. Are we ready to give this morning? Are we ready to give this morning? Are we ready to give this morning? Amen. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We honor, we bless you, God. We thank you that we have something to give. Let it be pleasing in your sight, God. Get the glory out of what we give, for we are given in good ground, God. And we thank you now for the increase and overflow that's getting ready to hit our life, God. God, we thank you that you supply every last one of our needs. We thank you that we're going to go every day this year never being in want. We thank you that you got our backs, and we glorify you and love you. God, this is greater than money. God, we thank you for peace. We thank you for joy. We thank you, God, for everything that is flowing to us and through us. And we bless your name for all you're giving us. We bless you and honor you. In Jesus' great name we pray. Let everybody say amen. You can serve the people of God. Serve the people of God.
as you're giving, we're getting ready to do report card recognition. If you can come now, we want to recognize our kids. Amen. The AB honor roll.